commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World News. You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Skondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your Hallnet News show of in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your Hollow Report Rundown for September 17th, 2021. Boba's Bounty Bulletin. But first, this news. Thank you very much, Grex, and welcome everyone back to another week of Core World News. Uh, This week on Core World News, we are going to... We have one little news item that might be huge and it might be fake. Um about uh oh the upcoming obi-wan kenobi series um grant i know you were the first one that found these a couple nuggets of information on the uh internet the galactic hollow net yeah i was i was scrolling the twitter yeah and i uh you know just our podcast twitter account and i just saw an interview for like a split second and it was sung kang you know, famously Han from the Fast franchise, who I love, huge fan of Tokyo Drift. I've always been a huge fan of Tokyo Drift. Um, Sun King's work. Too. You must have loved Han is, the I Fast think, Nine F- Yeah, Fast Nine was uh, mind blowing. Uh, Han is my is favorite Han character. Forever. Uh, he's my favorite character, actually. Yeah, as well, I think, in the franchise. Let's um, just pause and I'll note that our favorite character in the Fast and Furious franchise, because it's also mine, is literally a character named Han Solo, but we'll move on. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that's, and, I, I mean, his role in, the, in that series is is not to be underestimated. And so I'm hoping he has as big an impact in the Star Wars canon. And I yeah. think he I think we might just get that because in this video, I saw, he basically talks about his, you know, he used to wear costumes of Vader and Luke, you know, as a child from like, you know, eight to 13. And then he he goes, he says, you know, it, it's really special to now be on these sets and working on this show. And. You know, it's even more special because I'm wielding a lightsaber. He has a lightsaber. His character has a lightsaber. And that's what makes, you know, coming into Star Wars so special is because it sounds like even though his character might not be central to the story or, you know, uh, uh, either a maybe not a Jedi, maybe not an Inquisitor, maybe someone who just has a lightsaber. Because, I mean, having a lightsaber is pretty broad. It's like you could just be someone who isn't force sensitive or... There are reports that he's an Inquisitor. There, there are uh, speculation that he's uh, possibly another Jedi in hiding, and what that means, and and then also maybe a Jedi who's involved with Vader in some way. I mean, like there's there's all this speculation just running running wild right now. So, like, do you guys did you guys see any of that stuff? Did you guys see the interview? Did you guys read that report? I only saw the headline level and decided not to Same. dig in more because then my brain just started trying to figure everything out and knowing the way speculation works on the internet, they weren't going to actually tell me what it was, nor if they did, did I actually want to know exactly how we're going to see this lightsaber, but I have thoughts. Uh, Ben, how about you? Same, same level. I was kind of hoping to avoid any spoilers uh, at all in this. And we were doing that. And then of course I just was like, Oh, look for news headlines for, you know, the week and was, you know, scrolling through and I was like, well, all right. Yeah, same uh, here. Literally just type Star Wars in the Google, hit news, fourth thing down. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, it yeah. was the, yeah, I saw it almost instantaneously uh, logging into Twitter. But um, 
nonetheless, it's it's pretty much it's broadly out there now. I think everyone knows about this. And so we just it, you know, it just that just seems like the news of the day. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know if I, I I don't know if an Inquisitor is exactly what I'm looking for in Obi-Wan, but I wouldn't mind another Jedi in hiding to compare with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Sort of like commentary yeah. of like yeah. how another Jedi is staying, you know, um, under the radar. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I, the Inquisitors are fine. I like them in, um, Fallen Order because it's, it's a good game mechanic and it makes sense in the logic of Star Wars. I, I, I find their world and Obi-Wan world, Obi-Wan's world crossing paths a little odd, but maybe I'd get over it kind of quickly. I do like the idea of a fallen Jedi or, or even just another Jedi on the run, right? Who's kind of had to sacrifice some of his beliefs to survive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that too. I'm kind of hoping for that, like Tuscan Raider we talked about um, earlier. Right. Yeah. That'd be great. That would be, that would be real. I, th- I don't know. I loved that storyline. I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't know. I, it'd make it a little more dynamic. It's a little weird to have like so many Jedi in one place. Uh, right. Tattoo's definitely had its run its course. Um, so I'm fearful at first blush on this news. I'm like, Ugh. I mean, I don't know, but I love Jedi. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's what it, I'll say. It's, it's not surprising to me that there is another lightsaber in this show that's not obi-wan or vader's right because in reality and i could be wrong and happy to be proven wrong but i don't think we're going to see a obi-wan vader duel i don't think we're going to see them share really any screen time in fact yeah um and so i think this is the way to get your cake and eat it too right we get obi-wan and vader and we also get lightsaber duels but we don't get both for the same you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'd like it to be someone who's like just sort of happened upon the lightsaber, like not a Jedi, just like someone yeah. buzzards picking the carcass of the Jedi Order, you know, that have that have it. And it's just like another insult to Obi-Wan Kenobi when he sees this, you know, that yeah. just like brigands or someone else are, you know, smugglers and ne'er-do-wells have lightsabers now because of all the dead Jedi. There's so many of them floating around, right? So right. many lightsabers floating around. That's what I was yeah. saying. Like, just having a lightsaber doesn't mean he's going to be a, a Jedi character or force wielder in any way. Um, just because we've seen lots of characters wield lightsabers or just have lightsabers on their belt who aren't force sensitive. Like, it's yeah. just there's other re- there's other ways to use a lightsaber. Yeah. There's other people using lightsabers in different ways. Even though it always kind of ran against you know my thinking uh, that because I, I think Obi Wan mentions early early on that you know it, it's. Uh, it takes Jedi training to wield a lightsaber because, yeah, you know, even they're a graceful, elegant, and graceful weapon, but it, it takes like a lot of um, focus to wield. You know. Yes. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting. I'm I'm hoping that he's a Jedi. Honestly, that's like my my hope is that he is possibly central to the story, and that he's he's either like uh, someone confronting Vader at one point or maybe early in the film or like early in the series, or he's someone who in the long run is like in communication with Obi-Wan. Like I need your help on this world. Or like, uh, I, you know, talking to Obi-Wan, they're sending messages. They must be like Jedi and hiding must be sending messages to each other. They must be in communication in some secret way using ancient sites, temples, like how Ahsoka tells uh, Mando to go to, um, Tython, like there, there's right. ways to communicate right. through the force and these nexus, these these places that are 
strong so, in the force. Exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Grant. I mean, we're talking about a planet where either there was a virgence in the force, which means the force created life, or two dark side wielders created life via the force. Either way, that's got to be sending out strong signals in the force to people, right? So it makes sense to me that people or force sensitives would find their find their way over to Tatooine. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. I mean, who knows? I, it could be a spinoff character. There's a, mm-hmm. just a wild thing. It's like, oh, it's going to start with Obi-Wan, but then he meets this sort of, you know, galactic traveler. And Are you he, saying the yeah. show, modeled after the last show, which was every episode <laughs> of season two of The Mandalorian yeah. was a spinoff episode, yeah. might be creating its own spinoff show? Yeah, of a, like a brand new Jedi, like exiled Jedi character. Yeah, that would be really fun. His own sort of adventures. I would I would love that. Um, yeah. yeah, like I could, you know, we just don't know enough Jedi. So it'd be like fun to see one. Totally. Oh, man. Anywho. Um, I mean, you also make an incredible scoundrel like smuggler um, yeah. as well. Uh, I like there's so many fun characters. Soon Kang's so talented. He could do a number of characters. He totally could. I could picture him using that as a way as an intimidation factor. Right, like almost pretending to be a fallen or ex Jedi. Right, because they're in hiding, right? And I yeah. really thought that was going to be a part of the Fallen Order game. I thought there would be a kind of cloaking system, a way to disguise yourself in the crowds like Assassin's Creed and basically float as this sort of like um, Jedi in hiding, like through the galaxy, going to different yeah. worlds. You know, I, yeah. and like using stealth skills to avoid, you know, um, being caught by authorities, Imperials. Yeah, well, maybe uh, Fallen Jedi Order 2. Fallen Order. Fallen. Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Falling farther. Nailed Um, it. Yeah, nailed it. That would be awesome. But if if that's a part of Obi-Wan, or these Jedi are really, like, actively hiding, and they're actively using these these strategies to, um, you know, keep under the radar and, and... away from the empire like that's pretty cool like i would love to know about all those tactics like what they're yeah. what each jedi is doing and how they've basically lived their life after the purge or after you know the fall of the, the republic yeah i would too that um yeah. can't get enough of those and we just don't get a chance to meet that many jedi in no. live action you know i just feel like the more the better give me a different flavor um in live action i think that'd be great all right, Inquisitor, though, if he's an Inquisitor, how do we feel about that route? I, no, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I same. I mean, I will. There's 100 years old that are watching. Or yeah, I, what I'll always say is <clears throat> because they've almost always proven me wrong. It's not what I want, but I am. If that's the route they're going, I am willing to meet them where they're coming from and see how it goes. Right. I just would encourage those, you know, Star Wars creators out there to like keep creating. How about we yep. make another entity? Maybe there was a different shadow, you know, organization that the Emperor had created. Like, I'm just always down for more. We've, well, I, I mean, maybe it's just for like comic readers, but it's like we've seen the Inquisitors over and over and over again. What if he's an ISS agent who hunted down a Jedi on his own? Yeah. Right. And that's I mean, like that's what we've been pitching on this show. Yeah. For a long oh, and time. took his lightsaber. Yeah, and that's his, like, trophy. He walks around with a lightsaber. 
Yeah, we were like, we need an ISB agent or like an inspector or someone who's like a, a detective of the Empire going to find Luke Skywalker or find whatever this this kind of um, this reading of the Force is on Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. That was our loath cat. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> our mighty loath cat, Xander. Uh, anyways, I think we've speculated heavily on that. And uh, did we put a spoiler wall up? Because we'll throw back. Nope. We'll throw it up there. <laughs> We'll throw we it up did. there we'll right uh, in. in the record. But um, can, yeah, nonetheless, we love to go in there and just cover all the bases because then the show comes out and they they it, you know they subvert our expectations to a totally different thing, or they do something that we were talking about and at least our we we kind of like hashed it out what we think and then so when we're watching it we get this extra pleasure because I I'm like oh Ben had this idea yeah. about this and now this happens and I'm like oh I I know Ben's gonna react to that in a specific specific way because I I know yeah. about his, his speculation. That's a good point. Grant, I feel like everything that we ever talked about that is probably legit a spoiler turns out not to be a spoiler. But when we're speculating, we spoil a ton of stuff accidentally, <laughs> like just through our speculation. Right. There's only so many angles you can play this at. Yeah. And it's it's commendable that how frequently we're wrong. Um, yeah. No, Mando, I thought was that it would be a totally different show than what we got. And I was happily surprised. By it. Yeah. What's interesting I, sorry, I, I thinking about this. So the next series coming out is Book of Boba Fett, which we know almost nothing about. No spoilers have come out about that. We've already had two big spoiler drops from Obi-Wan, which is interesting because that's not coming yeah. out until 2022. Maybe it's just a leaky ship. You know? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think Robert Rod Rodriguez runs a tighter ship tighter than ship? Deborah Chow. I mean, shots fired. Yeah. You, okay. They can fight it out. Just saying. <laughs> um, Obi Wan's going to be mind blowing, regardless. I can't wait. Of what you're taking in who are you yeah. taking into it? It's going to be so much fun. And you and McGregor back as Obi Wan. I mean, like oh, no. that's all I need. Right we're all exactly. cannot wait. All right, I'm I'm ending this segment now. Okay, are we good? Are you, are you really? I dare you. To. I dare I'm you. pleased <laughs> that yes, I'm always pleased for more talk. But uh, if there's nothing else, uh, why no. don't we talk? I'm going to press the space bar now. Uh, Didn't work. <laughs> nope. Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum. Scum, scum, This may be comedy gold or it may work perfectly. Got this. All right. Welcome to Boba's Bounty Board, a subsidiary of... Kyber <laughs> Comics Corner. I really thought I had it. I really you have it. Like, you can nail I, this I'm starting it. I got it. This is golden. All right. Three, two, one. Even though I times. know Ben's going to keep this in for comedy effect, but I'm going to pretend he won't. All right. Welcome to Boba's Bounty Board, a subsidiary of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Lovely. I wish I could be proud of Ten that. Ten stars. All right. We've got, <laughs> uh, we've got quite a bit to uh, get caught up on here, actually, four issues. We have uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, number four, Dr. Aphra, 14, uh, Darth Vader, number 16, and uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, Boosh, number one. Boosh. So, boosh. We got a lot and to talk about. with a boosh. How yeah, it? it sure does. Um, but why don't we start with uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, the main run, uh, part four, Attack at Dawn by Sewell, Ross, Messina, Manon, Guru EFX, our favorite, Landham, McEvan, and D.R. Mata. 
Uh, here's my short summary. All right. Uh, Luke calls Vader's bluff and leads him on a merry chase. Meanwhile, new alliances are formed as everyone, plus the Huts, chase the prize that is Han to a Star Destroyer. All this, plus Dengar ends up on a nice drift like a sad polar bear. <laughs> sad polar bear. Yeah. yeah, and the no, uneasy it, alliance between Boba Fett and and Valance or Valance, yes. Sorry. After he's stranded on that that uh, iceberg, oh, yeah. Man. Quality scene, but you know what? Dengar's not a nothing. I felt especially yeah. called out by this comic, by the way, because <laughs> we throw many barbs at Dengar and Valance, and then this comic's like, "I'm not a nobody, and neither is Valance." And I was like, "Hmm." They too know <laughs> it's like it's like this. Thou doth protest weird, so we too much. Well, he also weirdly <laughs> says, "I'm not nobody" to me, which is a weird statement as opposed to "I'm not a nobody." Like I feel like he he did not understand the insult that was levied at him. Yeah, but he's dealt with pretty quick, which is fantastic for us. Our Proving <laughs> he's nobody. <laughs> but uh, I loved this issue. I was this was yeah. awesome. It's just it is fascinating to see this kind of like rat race for Han and <laughs> every faction coming out of the woodwork to do something. And uh, somehow there's ripple effects from this that are causing other, you know, groups to activate around the galaxy. It's pretty cool. Like I'm loving the kind of interconnected macro storytelling of the series so far. Yeah, these these main issues do a really good job of kind of reminding everyone where the other issues are while also moving the main story forward a couple of movements. I'm, I'm enjoying how they're doing this quite a bit. Also, we get a long conversation between the huts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. issue, which is incredible because it's just all of them kind of bickering about uh, the Empire claiming Han, you know, when Jabba had won the, the, the auction and then also the, the reemergence of Crimson Dawn and what that means and this new power struggle. Um, and it's just, that was just a really fun moment. I was like, I would love to see that live action. Like that's very Star Warsian to me. It's like, see like just all, you know, huts in a circle sort of gabbing about something. Yeah. Just having a conversation. Being like they disrespected us. And we can't be disrespected, period. And you want to see that, too. You want to see Jabba interact with his own kind, like the Huts, uh, and speaking in Huttese, because he's going to, I think he's going to show a different side of his character and its development. It's like major development for that character. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to double cross the double crossers. I think he's, I, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> Bo, you know, to, so the end of this, it's like surprise, and it's uh, Boku's return um, with a, a whole armada. But I think it's like just as uh, Boba waited for um, the Alliance to take out the shuttle to move in, I think um, Jabba's going to wait for Boku to make his move before he makes uh, makes one himself. Yeah. Um, actually, who do, who do you think comes away with Han Solo in this? I mean, Boba. it's Boba. It's got to like, be Boba. Right. Yeah. yeah. He threads the needle and gets it. Like, what you're seeing right now is this buildup. It's like it's like a heat. It's like. There's all this security for like the yeah. uh, for Han right now, <laughs> and Boba's gonna thread the needle and steal him. That's my that's my thinking. I yeah, that's what I was thinking in this one as well. Yeah, it makes the most sense because it's like you you need to re if that happens, then essentially nothing changes in Return of the Jedi the way we look at it. It would be pretty right. extreme if it was like, well, actually, Darth Vader's the one that brought you know Jabba the Hutt right. is like console. So, like. <laughs> Everyone's headcanon is that Boba brought 
yeah. Han to 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 Chaba, which I mean is what is implied in the film. So I think this entire series starts with Boba having Han and ends with Boba having Han with right. a lot of fun stuff in between. That's not right. like a, a whatever. Like, I think it's worth the journey, but I think that's what it, I think it has to end up that way. Yeah. Um, do you know how many episodes we have until uh, Crimson Dawn arc starts? Soon. So there, really I think there's the next thing, right? Yeah, I think there's one more War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, okay. And then I think after, so I think, October ends. I think the War of the Bounty Hunters may start, or not the War of the Bounty Hunters, the Crimson Dawn stuff may start early next year, but it might be even before that. Okay. But there is a line that Kira says that is Sewell calling his shot, oh where, where Kira says, the beginning approaches its end. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we get it. This is, a, this is a story in three parts, like every Star Wars story. Right. Um, it's very meta line. Yeah. I have two, I have a comment and then a question. The comment uh-huh. is, Wow, people really don't respect Chewbacca. Why do you say that? Oh, because yeah. Chewbacca's like, I, Leia's basically like, and uh, like, yeah, I know, or I think, I can't remember who mentions it, but like, I know you just got singed and you're probably in horrible yeah. pain oh, right. from getting blasted with a flamethrower. But hey, could you go, you know, toe-to-toe with Vader for us, please? Can you just jump down there and beat the hell out of Vader for us? Yeah. We'd love that. You're our Thank muscle. You. This is your job. Do your job. Thanks. Thank you, Walking Carpet. Han is your friend. Yeah, exactly. That's all. It's that like, was a wow. standout moment for C-3PO. And he's like, he's like the uh, distinctive odor of Seton's Wookiee fur. I, that's what I, it is. Quite all right. And then it's like, he's like set on fire by Boba Fett. I was like, that's classic. Yeah, scene. it's like, great. Beautifully written. Yeah, I love that. And then uh, I have a question. And then I, I, I don't know how to ask this without it coming across as snarky. And I do not mean a snarky. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Why... Tell me at this point, why is this series called War of the Bounty Hunters? Well, they are fighting over a prize. Well, one ba- two bounty like, hunters have a, have are fighting together over uh, a bunch stick. of... Hold on. So none of those are bounty hunters. The only bounty hunters that we see in this main run right now, other than these standalone episodes, which are kind of on the peripheral, are Dengar and Boba Fett. Right, and I guess balance to a certain point, because all the rest are gangsters. Uh, well, there's there's a Bosk. When's when did Bosk show up? What was he in? Um, right at the beginning of uh, this arc, he fought, he randomly fought uh, Boba Fett. All right, Bob that's right. That's correct. Okay. There's also just like there's the central conflict between Valance, um, Dengar, and Boba Fett, but then there's yep. also like. There's just a lot of heavies coming out of the woodwork in all these kind of uh, ancillary. Uh, yeah. Products, where it's like, are. yeah, a lot, a lot of bounty hunter-esque characters, like, you know, coming into the table. Uh, yeah. But not really. It's really that central. Yeah, it really is Boba Fett, Dengar, and Balance, I, I think. Because this cover on this issue, uh, four. Yeah. Um, it basically, it just shows Dengar, Balance, and Boba Fett. And yeah. to me, that is War of the Bounty Hunters. It's like, I mean, it, it's... Boba's recovery of Han and the bounty hunters were getting more away. Not right. But they were doing these introduction, you know, they did the Forlom and Zuckus standalone and Boosh and like, and then they're going to do IG 88 this month. Um, yeah. They, I, I think they're going to tie them into this. Saga right. Somehow. I'm hoping, like they, right. Like I'm just hoping like, in the next issue, we just get all out. Yeah. Like bounty hunter bounty action. I'm, oh, I'm a little nervous uh, from comic book history that we got the title before we got right. the story and Sewell 
who's a masterful storyteller, went, well, no, this is actually the story. Because this is not, I love the story that they're telling right now. I, I really, really love this story. I just feel like the title was just a title that they had, like, this is a cool title, right? Right. I mean, it's really the war of the criminal syndicates, but the syndicates the all hire bounty hunters. I mean, they. Yeah. it's a story about the contractors, but, you know, the overarching story is these warring syndicates. I love that idea, Ben. It's almost Maybe. like you'd call this this series underworld yeah, yeah. right <laughs> but ben i love the idea of like at the very last panel of this comic we see all of the factions heading towards the star destroyer yeah. imagine if they all peeled off and suddenly what we found out is that the huts hired uh uh bosk and then you know black sun hired this bounty hunter and what we're getting is a fight between all these bounty hunters at the very end who have yeah. been employed by the different factions that is what we're getting yeah, Diva Lompop. And yeah, I mean, Bo yeah. Boosh, Boosh and Deva Lompop and all these right, characters. Right, but none of those have shown up yet in the main run. So that's that's what I'm wondering. But you're speculating they will, maybe, I, possibly. I mean, do you want to call it War of the Bounty Hunters? Yeah, I yeah. think, I'm wondering because, I mean, a lot of the overarching, like, plot so far has been... Crimson Dawn recruiting yeah. elite talent. And mm -hmm. so maybe it's going to be, you know, Crimson Dawn and their bounty hunters versus pretty much another affiliation, you know, and all of these bounty hunters. Or maybe it's all the different affiliations just trying to take down Crimson Dawn um, together and then all the, the bounty hunters that they hire to do their mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's how it's shaping up or what. Maybe. The Crimson Dawn thing is very interesting. And I, I love Kira as the there's the head of it because there's sort of hints that there's that they're a criminal syndicate with a heart. <laughs> they, they, they're like, you know, Crimson Dawn, it feels like Kira's trying to make them um, kind of a Robin Hood organization and not the investing app. I'm talking about the original Robin Hood. <laughs> Rob from the print, rich and give to the poor sort of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, it definitely seems like she's trying to do it a different way than the others that have come before, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, great issue. Great yeah. issue. Uh, should we move to Vader 16? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right, so this is Darth Vader, War of the Bounty Hunters, Target Skywalker, uh, written by Greg Pack. Uh, Raphael Anko is the artist. Jason Keith and Rachel Rosenberg are the colorist. Species Joe's Caramagna is the letterer. Um, this issue was incredible. Here's a little summary. Yeah. Uh, piloting his X-Wing, Luke Skywalker draws Vader away from the Vermilion so Leia and friends can save Han. When Vader downs Luke's X-Wing and is about to start his final attack run, the droid Crush, controlled by Sly Moore, attack Vader's TIE advance and rescue Luke. Seeing this as a betrayal, Ochi of Bastoon gets in a knife fight with Moore, who reveals Luke's survival is important to the Emperor, and thus the Empire is rescues Luke at the end of the day. Um, I honestly loved this issue. I love that the Empire comes in to save Luke. I thought that was so cool. It was just a, and then to know like the Emperor's secret plan for Luke and it's kind of, you know, been revealed to Slime Moore and Slime Moore's on the inside. That was so cool. I love all that, that development. So when you, it's interesting you say that. So you think it's, I mean, I, I, that's the way I read it too, that the, it's really the Emperor behind a lot of these, but like those visions that we're seeing are those 
Darth Vader communicating to Luke, or is that the Emperor? I think both. I think yeah. There's a tug, I think, between everyone and Luke, basically. Right, because it's like Vader. This feels like Vader's torment a lot of most of the time in these issues, because obviously, titular character Vader is uh, uh, right. It's, it's sort of his mind, kind of, in Luke melding. But this it seemed this this issue felt like the Emperor's kind of the shadow of the Empire was kind of on this issue a little yeah. bit. Yep. I felt like the Emperor is secretly, obviously, um, administer more. Uh, Administrator Morbs, you know, she says, uh, you know, if the emperor emperor gets Luke, like he'll be all powerful, and what what will he need from Vader at that point? Like, what use will Vader be? Right, and I, like, right. That's not verbatim. That's just what I remember. It's pretty close to verbatim, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was that was really a fun line. I th- I just loved all the writing in this too, where it's like we're just servants in the shadow of you know. Yeah, of, very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's great lines from Slimore. Yeah, Slimore continues to be a really interesting character. Um, totally. I keep waiting for her to get killed off, but uh, she's a fighter, and uh, it's interesting. She's You don't get into the like inner circle of the Emperor without being uh, hard to kill. Um, it's true. Yeah, I, similarly, I thought, I thought in this issue, I'm like, oh, now this will be her end, right? And she yeah. keeps, which, like you said, if you get to that close to the Empire, Emperor, it's because you know how to survive. You're a survivor. Right, right, and she proves that in the knife, the knife edge death match mm-hmm. with uh, with Ochi. Yeah, yeah. Which is she she bests him at the end. I think we can, you know, yeah. Not mm-hmm. a major spoiler, but she's just she bests him. She stabs him in the shoulder. Yeah. He falls to his knees, and then she again just says like, "For if Vader's to if Vader betrays me, he'd have to betray the Empire first. And it was like that was a great line too, because I was like, "Yeah," because basically she's operating, you know, directly under the the orders of the emperor himself and so it's it's, she's she's more tied to the emperor than i think vader is at this point vader is like blinded by rage but also like i think vader also did you guys think vader was actually aiming to kill luke in this issue hard to tell hard to tell i think he thinks he is but i think subconsciously or consciously i don't think he can I'm, i'm right with luke in thinking that i don't think he could really land the the final right assault on you i exactly i think he thinks he can but i don't think he actually can yeah it's almost like it's vader trying to it, it's like trying to pull a ben solo like trying to like take yeah. that last step to be i am full dark lord and he just he can't there's the light still talking in him that um no matter how you know subjugated he gets how corrupted he gets by the dark side that um he, he, he can't totally snuff the light out of Anakin Skywalker. And uh, and he's trying to, but he just can't do it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's, I think the, I think the Ben Solo analogy is interesting and one I didn't catch, but I think you're, you're right on there. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think I, I like is that leading into this issue, I was a little hesitant that we might get, and we still possibly could, but that we, we might get a, luke vader duel and that really wrecks my head cannon, <clears throat> right like i feel like the only two times they've ever met sabers was Re- yeah empire strikes back return of the jedi right. but i'm fine with them having like a dog fight like right. I, i'm enjoying that it's not ruining it at all like i'm like this totally makes sense the two of them have talked to each other have interacted are you know i i think luke needs a little bit of extra fear in him about vader and also know that there's still hope in him right yeah. yeah, it was a it was a really 
profound issue. Um, again, I mean, Greg Pak just issue after issue is giving us incredible sort of like force vision panels. And they're really my, the standout, I think, panels from this Vader series has, has been all these kind of like internal sort of um, memories and uh, yep. sort of um, kind of surreal moments. The surreal beats are just wonderful in these comics. Um, yeah, and then just gorgeous art. Um, and then at the end, it's kind of a cliffhanger. It's like, it seems yeah. like Vader's still chasing Luke through the stars. Yeah. We're uh, still going to get some more, yeah, dogfighting interaction between the two of them, for sure. The the other thing that I think we're, maybe not bearing the lead, but but I'm amazed we've gotten this far and haven't talked about, but there's a full plant panel spread of droids standing on top of an X-Wing <laughs> yeah. fighter shooting at Vader's TIE Advance. Like, yeah, yeah. The action in this that, is that, that some of the best action I've ever seen in yeah. a comic. When Vader does make that final attack run on Luke, he basically sh is shooting at Luke with the TIE Advance, like uh, full automatic fire. And Luke pulls out his blaster and it's just firing back, returning. Fire. Yeah, those down on him. And I was like, what? That imagery is incredible. I was like, that was worthy of the OT, I felt like. I was like, it, yeah. like if I was in the OT and I like, want to splice it in later, like that would, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Yeah. such a good action beat it's so cool yeah it's great yeah i love it i love the um the droid syndicates that they have and the the droid crush is a great yeah, yeah. Um, we seem to really only get them in the comics because they're tough to do and in some of the books as well the droid go uh, gotra we've had for a while but i think it's really cool that there's like organized underground crime you know droid uprisings which is kind of cool is it's not like the terminator thing where it's like oh once the droids become sentient we're all dead it's like no they're going to unionize and yeah you know, they're just another <laughs> yeah. group yeah yeah um yeah funny stuff uh yeah, so great when they repair the x-wing that's a great moment that's yeah yeah they're just like instantly he just like gets it, a, don't like, thank a, a us crew thank that was such yeah. a fun line for a droid. I was like, oh, to hear a droid say that, is, that's so great. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's a great line, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I love the, like, pit crew descends, and it's like his TIE fighter's <laughs> fixed in, like, 15 seconds. Totally. Um, so we move on to Afra. Yeah, you want to do Afra 14? Uh, yeah. Let's see. War of the Bounty Hunters, Repeat Offenders by Wong, Sabatini, Rosenberg, Caramanga, Pacelli, and Woodard. Uh, and here's my summary. Jailbreak. <laughs> you're, you're getting really very concise with, uh, with your whole summaries. I yeah, appreciate you're welcome. Afro, Afro and friends stage their, or I guess make their prison break from the Vermilion. Yeah. Finding a weapon stash and blasting their way towards the auction hall. Yes. Yeah. That's, and I don't, I don't, I don't want that one. Oh, the cell thing was cool, though. Like the summary to sound like it's any indication of my feelings on this because it's a really fun issue. Yeah, it's a fun but, issue. But I love, it's really, fun, yeah. yeah, 28 pages of a jailbreak. Right. And yeah. they reunite with what uh, the coolest Slot droid I've ever seen. <laughs> the two headed droid. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Such a cool design. Yeah, that's a great design. I love the like panels they have when um, that a guy a com deck or whatever uh mm -hmm. rolls you know comes over and then there's just this hulking droid like peering through the like uh red uh barrier there it's just like 
it's a really cool scene. You get really get a sense of like how the enormity, and it's a very Star Warsy looking scene. And yeah, uh, and yeah, they're they're fun droids. It was there. Afro rewires it instantly. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, we've been we've been talking about for a lot of issues even before the start of the War of the Bounty Hunters. Right. We had these kind of two storylines being told parallel right we had afra on her own and then a little later on with staros and then we had uh just lucky with uh, was it ariel ariel uh, yo and so it was nice to finally get those two come together and yeah it's, and and wong has a lot of fun with getting those characters together and then breaking them apart and having little back and forth that are just really funny and you can just see the history of all these characters intersecting yeah that line where it was like, so I'm guessing you were either an ex or she owes you money. Yeah. Or both. Or both. And she's in Son of Stars is just like both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Standout comedy in this issue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not skip the end. We can skip back. But uh, we get another glimpse of Death Stick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Death Stick is, is there multiple Death Sticks? Because I feel right? like she shows up in every comic. I feel like she's going to be a big part of the Crimson Dong, the second, the second uh, part of yeah. this of this series. Yeah, we need some background on Death Stick. I'm wondering if it's this Kira with like a vocoder or something. I really am starting to think that it's a character we know or have seen in I something. Thought it was, um, Sabe or something. As, I didn't want to break you. <laughs> I, like, I didn't want to beat to that. Yeah, one of the handmaidens. I would love Dude, that. That'd be sick. I'm on board. Handmaidens became Batman, basically. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, it makes sense. She'd be the same age as Vader, right? So I think we've talked about this on previous episodes, but oh yeah, yes, every be, time, every hurt. time we see Death Stick, yeah, Team Sabe for Death mm-hmm. Stick. Um, yeah, that would be a blast. Um, anything else here? I mean, they all love weapons. Yeah, it's nice to see just Lucky get back together again. There's obviously some tricky uh, relationship dynamics. I mean, this closes a loop that started like. 10 issues ago yeah. and i think it was gosh either the last afro run or the one before that um so yeah the one before the last afro run so it's it's been a minute um but i like just lucky's uh i'm warming up to that character yeah i, w- I wouldn't mind the ensemble like expanding like it would be fun to yeah. see afro with a big group of people and then go on these fun quests and sort of camp out have campfire moments like develop a crew like rebels is such a fun show because the crew is pretty right. uh, you know it's like you know a few more people than yeah right duo. i mean but in- she's also worked well in a duo and i mean like i love sanastaros and afra it's just it's it would be cool to have just lucky and uh Arioli U basically like just join her for i don't know like a you know several issues yeah. or so stay in the mix yeah because i mean historically afra has been a uh ensemble comic yeah she always has a crew i mean they'll never be one better than black k triple zero and yeah those um i mean that's that's the baddest cadre ever but uh um yeah it'd be nice to see her with some other folks again um y'all yeah totally i i i'm right there with you i think i think we're gonna get i think we're gonna get this group together for a little bit at least there's good writing in that yeah she always seems to collect the darkest of the dark, or she did, yep. in, you know, 
the like decraniated person that was in like some sort of love right. with someone else. Like uh, it's I gotta go I gotta go reread me old Afra. I forgot about I forgot about the origins of Afra. I, I just yeah gotta go back. That's very yeah. run. It sticks with mm-hmm. me. that's so good. One of the best comics I've ever read. Um right on. Yeah. Wanna talk uh, Boosh? Yeah. Let's let's boosh it up, baby. Yeah. Actually, I don't really feel comfortable saying that, but yeah. <laughs> it sounds Down bad. with the boosh. Um, all right. This is uh, written by, this is for the Bounty Hunters, Boosh, episode one, perhaps of one. Uh, it's yeah. titled Found, and uh, it was written by Alyssa Wong. Uh, David Baldion is the artist. Uh, Israel Silva is a colorist, and VC's Ariana Mayer is the letterer and uh, production person just as production um yeah so here's my little summary for boosh here we are introduced to the wearer of princess leia's famous armor from return of the jedi the original boosh and his or her or their cadre of uh, ubi's exiles are hired by the crimson dawn to assassinate domina tag and her entire family criminal family um that's how we're sort of that's the basis of this story Mm -hmm. um but there are hidden enterprises behind even the Crimson Dawn. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a it was an exciting story. It, it was really got into the background of Uba Four and um, and like these people. We see other characters in Ubi's armor, like the same like Boosh armor, but just like different colors and configurations. It's almost like another um, like Mandalorian. Like yeah, group. it's yeah. like. The Ubesi or like the Ubesi? Yeah. 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 I read it as Ubies. Ubies? Yeah. Maybe. I, Um, it, this so wanted me, wanted, I I just so wanted a separate like Bush Gang comic after this. Like, Bush Gang. Yeah. Like a Bush Gang. Bush Gang. Bush Gang comic. I just, I, the, you, I'm a sucker for character design and the fact that they're all clearly Ubies, but they have their like own little, color and height and size like i just could very clearly tell them apart throughout the entire run and i just love that like it's such a great idea and it's also really interesting because each of these standalones are written by um some of the different authors and some of the main run authors and this is written by Alyssa wong who writes the dr afro series and so you can see the tie-ins quite closely right like this is the, the she loves the tag family and i love how she was able to build out the tag family as well yeah yeah the world building is incredible in this issue in this one in this singular issue you get basically all the ubis from ubi4 you hear stories about ubi4 the planet they come from how they're exiled there and their history has been like Irish record and right now they're basically drifters and they all look up to boosh yeah, Boosh is their leader. Did you get a sense of gender from Boosh? Maybe female? Oh, not at all. No. Just, no. just like, yeah. they said like something. I didn't, I yeah. have no idea what who Boosh is. They're like kind of fast and the furious and that like family seems to be most important to them. Like they're like, oh, right. this is the anniversary of my child's death. And they're like, yeah. And like they share stories about family. And they really take this, you know, the, their exile very seriously. And they're they're a shamed group, which I thought was really interesting. And I love that they have cultural armor. I mean, Mandalorians yeah. should be the only ones that have cultural armor. We see it in, like, different tribes and stuff. Um, 
the uh, cultists uh, of the central isopter. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. have a cultural armor. Like that's uh, more cultural. I'm hoping we get action figures, black series figures of all of the Ubi's characters here. Like, yeah. Oh yes, that please. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, and Devil on top level. Yeah. Devil as well I love yeah it. she has so many styles though but like her like full punk rock um yeah. or pop punk um yeah style yeah. 90s um, skater punk punks yeah it's yeah. um it, it it is this issue is kind of a master class in a standalone comic issue yeah yeah because as, as grant said the world building is just spot on like I, I i would want more from this as i started by saying i really want more but it tells a complete story like for for a character that we only know that Leia is pretending to be, right? And even when um, we get the Princess Leia standalone, was it the Princess Leia standalone issue or was it actually a Boosh standalone? Yeah, I actually pulled that out. I actually, yeah. Issue oh, good out. because yeah. what's it I, I called? Is it Leia or Boosh? It's Leia, called, right? Prince, it's all print the the scoundrel princess, I believe. I I have it. Yeah. So by then, Shiri has the armor, right? So this is the only time we've actually seen original. Formula so Boosh. that that's after that uh, that yeah. standalone occurs after this, right? Right. That's what I believe. So we still don't know the story of how she got the armor, but right. So for a character that is not a character at all, right? Like yeah. we've had no background other than the armor in right. twenty eight no. or some odd pages. What were you gonna she say? Grant? Does say she she does say she took she took it off a bounty hunter who yeah. was relatively her size. She saw a bounty hunter who was relatively her size. Um, it's also they get she gets a report that there's there's bounty hunters that attacked a rebel ship on Araxis. Yeah, I think she goes there uh, or Arcanus, Arcanus. Yeah, right. And we we presume that's where they had their run in. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, because we know that this armor is cultural and ceremonial, but it's only given to exiles because they have to hide yeah. their face in shame. Face. Yeah, which is interesting. And there's I love those panels in here. Where they have a, like a kitchen table and eating scene, yeah. But the panels cut off their the head, so like you down. can't see yeah. their faces. Um, and I love that they did that. That's so great. I, those two pages, um, because we get them talking around the table. We get a campfire scene, right? Yeah. My favorite thing ever is Grant knows. Literally, I love campfire scenes. Um, though you can have too many of them in a movie. Um, like you get these two pages, and it's exposition. The entire two pages is fully exposition yeah. about the Bush and the Ubi, but man, does it not go down like exposition? And to me, that's masterful. Like you have 28 pages. Of what I'm trying to say is you have 28 pages telling the entire story of Bush, where they came from, what their culture is, who they are, right. and it and it's just so engrossing that it wants you. It leaves you wanting more, even though it tells you all the story that you had about that you knew nothing about this character other than Leia has the armor of a bounty hunter named Boosh. Yeah. That's all and you know. It looks cool, and they have yeah. the armor. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Yeah, and the executive board meeting is awesome in this issue when we get to the tag. Yes, yeah. yeah, and then um, Domina Tag is such a cool character. We raved yeah. about her early He's on, is, I think, uh, when Liz yeah. Wong first took over and introduced us to this character. And we loved the idea of the Tag Corporation and this kind of like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a sort of like, uh, I guess they're like, they also have like arms dealing, they're arms dealers, they, they sell yeah. to the Empire. Um, she's like, the Empire, yeah, yeah. she's even uh, wielding like uh, basically like, uh, advanced weapon, like kind of plasma. It's a, a photon lightsaber so yeah. it's like it's a aftermarket um 
cheap version of a lightsaber. Apparently, it costs us expensive, but she's, yeah, beta testing this thing. And she's like, well, I'll just use it for a while. I am uh, mourning the loss of Silas Tag, though. Oh, you like Silas? Yeah, he looked like an, he looked like a bad guy from X-Men, but I, I liked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stab right through the heart. Yeah. D- um, deserve it, but yeah, a little bummer. Yeah, that was a hectic moment. I, I kind of didn't know what was going to happen in that boardroom meeting when um, I thought basically she had organized it and they were all coming in there to take everyone out and it was going to be like sort of like a like a kill bill scene or something where it's just like yeah. she just is witnesses the whole thing. But then she like cuts the hatch and like escapes and there's the movement to the scene and it's just everyone's kind of, you know, certain people go down certain hallways and stuff like it was just the blocking was so interesting. Just like what happened when everything kind of uh, erupted into a firefight. Yeah. Yeah. Dominant tag, great character. She definitely knows how to push the right buttons uh, through mm-hmm. research. Uh, you know, information research wins the day for her anyways. Um, even though it seemed like she probably could have killed all of those um, UBs if she wanted to. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then the last panel of the entire comic is a great just shot of all of the Bush gang, right? Yeah. But it does it does do a good job of showing why shading is such an important skill in comic book writing because or comic book artistry because you get basically Domino Tag offering them a job and to which Bush says um, you know, basically starting to give the information. But did you notice a little bit of shading over their little vocoder that kind of makes it look like they're smiling? No. Yeah, it just oh, is no. a really, really masterful thing where it, unless you look really closely, you, your brain's probably just interpreting it as like a sly smile of just like, yeah, we're in. Like, like we are with you. Like, it's just this really interesting little just shaded moment that makes it look like an upturn. Oh, even, you're right. It right? does look like a smile. And it's, just, yeah. and it's just there for your brain to add a facial expression to what Boosh is saying. Right. And I'm sure when you read that, you thought he was sly or they were slyly saying kind of we're in. Right. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so so just a little moment of I just really I saw that and really just appreciated that. It's like nice little touch to the to the artistry there. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Far out, man. Anything about this or any of the other um, comics that stuck out in your minds? It's been a fun run. Yeah, I, I will say, yeah. I think when we first started the War of the Bounty Hunters, I was really skeptical and I had my like War of Bounty Hunters wash and how am I feeling about it? And notice that's dropped out. I am I'm fully on board. They're they're pulling it off so far. They're I, they're weaving all these comics in. Um, I am I'm thoroughly enjoying it and ready for the rest of the ride. Yeah, it's going to be fun to jump to Temple Peak um, issue yeah. two next yeah. week, because that's that was a fun issue and I'm loving Kevin Scott's comics in the high Republic run. Yeah. They're, they're all yeah. just so, so good. Yeah. We're trying to give the high Republic comics their due and, um, their, their own time to sort of focus on that genre when we can for comics. They're not going to, we're not going to get this many, um, in the next period here, no. we've been getting so many comics rapid fire. Um, I know. it's like the heyday. Remember the old heyday? I just we're want to make sure like three, four comics a, a week, every week. I know. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like, you know, we want to make sure I have it. it. I have it here. I have the line from um, Greg Pax, the princess scoundrel. OK. Um, where basically she Leia talks about how she acquired the armor. 
Uh, Boosh attacked me and Chewy on Ord Mantel. I realized we were about the same size, so I've got the disguise I need to infiltrate Jabba's palace. Okay, right, so that's where we're going. Ord Mantel. I will say that is a that is a line from. I guess it's not a line from Return of the Jedi. Do they? Do they one where it's the, like the that, bounty hunter in Ord Mantel, but isn't that yeah. in Empire? That line? Yeah, no, yeah, it was Empire. So yeah. this has to be post Empire. So he must, she must have gone back to Ord Mantel, got, got, got into another from another. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it also when she's talking to Lando in that issue, she talks about events of Empire as if the War of the Bounty Hunters has not happened. Like the last. Wait. She saw. Yeah, exactly. Brad, are so, you saying they didn't no, know but, three years ago when they wrote that comic that there was going to be the War of the Bounty Hunters? No, but. I think comics are allowed to explore yes. different canonical yeah. space and be Definitely. their own thing. That's what Marvel has always done. Every run yes. of any Marvel series. I mean, yeah. Immortal Hulk's ending and now a new Hulk run is starting yeah. up. It's always really different. Yeah. I, that does not. It, it, yeah. I, I think as we talk about what's canon and how canon works a lot, you also have to be very flexible <laughs> with these. No, but the, um, so in the beginning of Boosh, uh, the Boosh gang, the Ubis are on Ord Mantel City. That is that junkyard at the beginning of this. Oh, nice. There is some fun connective tissue there. I mean, even though, yeah, these are different canonical spaces and this is a whole different series, it's it's still cool to just see that yeah. the Boosh is operating in the same yeah. sort of area that's mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's very interesting. And isn't Ord Mantel, isn't that where the last season of Bad Batch occurred? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Episodes right. there, yeah. Yeah, where, that was the planet, uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah, it's where Sid's uh, bar is, right? Right. Um, and I don't know if that's the same city. Mantel mix. Come on, guys. <laughs> Mantel mix. My <laughs> mm, over some Mantel mix right now. Um, right on. So, yeah. So moving forward, uh, next week, uh, Star Wars Visions comes out, which is yeah. all of the um, short. Uh, Japanese anime uh, mini episodes. They're just all going to drop on Disney Plus on Wednesday, the 22nd. That's going to be great. So I think next week we're going to do a special on that. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll pick up with the higher public. A um, couple weeks. Uh, and yeah, the week after that. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more news coming. And um, yeah, Star Wars keeps chugging on and giving us all these these mm. jewels to enjoy. We're only three months away from Book of Boba Fett at this point. Is it really three months? I was hoping it was less than that, but okay. Yeah, but like three months is nothing. <laughs> you're right. When do we you're get right. teasers for these things? That's I'm, what I'm saying. Just a teaser. We've had uh, nothing. Like, yeah. All I need now, is like a close-up of like Boba's helmet or something. I hope yeah. it's a cantina getting like shot to just dust and then like like everything is just destroyed and then Boba gets up and uh, sends back his volley. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, I just, I'm yeah. hoping we see something like that. Cause I Desperado and you know, once, once upon a time in Mexico, like you see so yeah. many restaurants just get like obliterated. And then, you know, the firefights are just so basically they're It's like art. It's just like yeah. set piece art. That's, I feel like unmatched in terms of destruction. Like I think, uh, Robert Rodriguez does an incredible job with this, you know, destructive environments and stuff. Yeah. He does that. I mean, now you've now you've really intrigued me. I'm like, yep, I want that. Let's do that. All that, like, just homage to that genre would be fantastic with Boba Fett. 
Um, all right. Before I talk about Boba Fett for another hour on you know, <laughs> this podcast, um, thanks everyone for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, get at us at uh, on on the socials, uh, Discord. Send us questions um, or just whatever. Give us your theories on um, Instagram or Twitter. We're out there doing our thing. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always.